Hey, Dwight. Yeah, Scott? Do you know the new dance craze that's sweeping the nation? Uh, no, Scott. What is it? It's called the Scarn. Oh, Scott, I swore I would never do that dance again, not after my wife died. Wait, what? Oh, she's dead. She was killed by a man with a face of gold. How's the dance go, though? <laughs> well, you go to the left and you shake the hand, and you go to the right and you shake the hand, make new friends, tie the yarn. That's how you do the Scarn. No! We watch Threat Level Midnight from The Office Season 7. Uh, so it's in the basket, in the writer's bagel basket. Yeah, yeah. Tear me apart, Lisa! 14! Great birthdays without him! He never even sent me a damn card! Die with him! Because I'm Homer Simpson! Pizza, pizza, pizza! <laughs> Uh, so, Dwight, what is, uh, well, I should say, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. <laughs> I'm Scott Curlin. I'm Dwight Stearns. So, uh, what did we watch this week? This week we watched one of the greatest episodes of The Office. We watched Threat Level Midnight, which is a season seven episode. Uh, I don't remember which number it is because we're really bad with that type of stuff. It's like the second to last, like, Michael one. Yeah, 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 he had, which I think he left around, like, episode 20, so it was probably around, like, 18, 19, yeah. 17, somewhere in there. But anyways, so, um, Threat Little Midnight is actually a, a continuation of a season two episode where, um, the members of the office all find a, um, a script that Michael has written called Threat Level Midnight, and they do a read-through of it. Um, so that comes back in this one where Michael has now finished his movie. He has shot it with everyone in the, in the office um, throughout the years. I believe it was two years of writing, one year of rewrite. No, two years of writing, three years of shooting, four years of reshooting, yeah. two years of editing, and then there was another year in there for something else. After three years of writing, one year of shooting, four years of reshooting, and two years of editing, I have finally completed my movie, Threat Level Midnight. It's taken him a long time, but uh, he has finally finished his movie. <laughs> this episode is so crazy, like, because it, it's a typical Office episode, which I should relate it back to our last episode. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I actually should relate it two episodes ago. Um, the Simpsons, we did that. Our last full episode. Yeah, The Simpsons was uh, uh, animated because of Baby's Kids. This. Mm -hmm. It was one of the Simpsons producers was Greg Daniels, who created The Office. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to link everything, but it's not going to happen. Oh, well, that's fine. Uh, so Greg Daniels was always one of the like brain trust of The Simpsons, and he created The Office based on Ricky Gervais's uh, mm -hmm. uh, two, se two series and one... One Christmas special. Yeah. And... Of the same name. And, right. like, they took, like, it was basically the same characters. They changed their names and everything. Tim but was it, Jim. Like, Jim. Exactly. But yeah. it was, like, and um, Dwight was Gar Gareth. So, like, there was, they basically, but it was the same character archetypes, but the American version went on much longer than the European version. Nine or ten seasons? Nine. Okay. So, um, what I loved about this episode is how it, it felt like commentary on, like, The Room 
like making the movie The Room. Oh yeah, I can see that. Like and and Michael Scott is one of the greatest characters. Where um, what's his name? Where Ricky Gervais is a uh, David Brent is David more Brent, yeah. is more of a jerk. Michael Scott is just such a good-hearted person. Mm-hmm. Like he tries to be everyone's friend. He's yeah. He, he's a friend more than a boss. Yeah, he's yeah. He uh, what, what is it? Um, everyone would see me as uh, your best friend and your boss or something like that. I forget what he says along those. It's something like that he says really early on. But he's less mean-spirited than David Brent was. David um, Brent was just awful yeah and he's one of the people that they uh that they hire that they try to hire uh when they're looking to replace michael yeah that was funny that was a good little cameo yeah speaking of cameos there's a billion of them in this episode and it's so good it's so well done yep because for three seasons before this like season three is when they introduced rashida jones and she, uh, yes, and she her and only, Andy are, are introduced in the same season. Yeah, but she's only in that one season. Yep. She comes back once or twice because um, she moves over to Utica, um, and uh, there's an episode where Jim, um, Dwight, and Michael go to prank Utica, and she's in that episode. But it's she's very sporadic because at that point she had moved from the office over to Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. So she was doing that full time. But they got her back for this one as well. For so. like five seconds. Yeah. Well, that was the, my only quote-unquote issue with this movie, or this episode, is the amount of time that the cameos were. It was blinking you miss it for stuff. Like, right. Michael dated Jan for like two and a half years yeah. in like um, office time, and she was only in one scene. And that was like a little... I was hoping that people like that would have shown up for more in it. Or like longer, like more sequences. Well, or they like only they had twenty-two minutes to do the episode. True, but uh, but I mean, like, um, at the end of the, the movie, maybe like have all of them in a group shot or something like that, not just the one-off scene. But I, I mean, from a Michael making a movie standpoint, it makes sense that that's how he would do it. So the episode opens up with Michael getting a delivery from a guy who's clearly a hitman. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like a normal office episode. And then the guy pulls out a gun and starts shooting at him. And Michael does, like, the bullet time. The, huh? Huh? What? what? With Dodge. no bullets. You can't see any bullets or anything like that. He's just <laughs> moving his body. And the guy has to be, like, three feet away from him. And that's a recurring joke here is there, these gun battles. There's no way that these people would be able to dodge those bullets. They would just spend bang, you're done. And then Michael goes, I finished my movie. <laughs> like, yep. And then it opens up. And... Is he, he's showing this to impress Holly, which Holly Flax is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Because Michael Michael Scott is probably my favorite character, mm-hmm. but Holly is girl, our woman, Michael Scott. Holly is perfect for Michael. Like, when they introduced Holly, I was so happy that, like, that this, this nerdy uh, lady was going to be perfect for Michael, and then when she left, I got mad. Yeah. I was so upset that... Um, she was like leaving, and this perfect relationship was being destroyed for the stupidest reasons. Like David, um, David, uh, I can't think of his name. What's the name of uh, the guy who uh, owned under David, my uh, David, David Brent? No. David Gardner? No. Anyways, the boss, uh, the big boss, uh, moved Holly because he saw Michael and Holly were uh, dating, and but, uh, it was so annoying. But that was also. Uh, Amy Ryan was nominated for Oscars at this time, and and her contract, 
she had to go film a movie. I, I understand why. I mean, like, obviously, like, you can't have, like, a guest character rejoin, like, join the cast. That rarely happens in, in a situation But they did like it this. all the time on this show. Exactly. Like, with, um... Ellie Kemper. Yeah, Ellie Kemper and, um, Andy and, um... Oh, uh, Donna from Doctor Who, uh... uh oh, uh, Catherine... Catherine Tate. Tate? Catherine yeah. Tate. Yep. And Spader. Spader, <laughs> Spader was so good. Like... Uh, I love Spader. I actually wasn't that big a fan of his character. I love Jane Spader, but his I, I character just, on this verse. I like the idea so. that he was a con man. Uh, yeah, and yeah. was just there getting his way and, in. And he just talked his way into it. Oh, and Ka- Kathy Bates. Oh, she was awesome on this. But yeah. once again, she, was, she wasn't a regular. She was just like a guest. Same but thing she was this season, right? She was, she came in, I want to say it's season six. But she was still. Yeah, she okay. was, she was there with Saber for a couple of years. And then around season eight, I think Saber went under and then Dunder Mifflin became themselves again. I might be wrong. It's been a while since I've rewatched this mm. series. So in the episode, every, every person in the office wants to see this movie, but there's a catch uh, what's the catch, Dwight? Uh, well, the catch is they had done... Years earlier in the, the timeline of The Office, they had watched a screener version of it. Probably season five. Yeah, I would imagine around then. Uh, no, actually, it's going to be earlier. This is, like, so stupid. Um, if you look at Jim's hair, um, Jim has season two hair. Because in season three, Jim gets a haircut because... At the end um, of season three. Yeah, because, end, because uh, he's going to uh, go in for the interview. Yeah. So it's probably between season two and season three because Jim's hair is down when they're watching it. It's the attention to detail like that at the office that I love. Um, so it was around then that they did the screener and so they and they all laughed at it and they, they ridiculed it and Michael got pissed and like refused to show anyone it again. Do you, so, do you know the real reason why John Krasinski got a haircut? Well, it was because he was wearing a wig, right? And he hated it. No, it was he was no. That was his real hair. Oh, I, I thought. No, oh, maybe he, I'm thinking of the pilot. He wore. Yeah, a wig the, the pilot, pilot. He wore a wig, but uh, in season three, he got cast in George Clooney's Leatherheads. Oh, and it okay. takes place in the 1930s, mm-hmm. and he had to have that haircut. No, oh. and they didn't know how to write that in. So they had the they had made Karen make him get a haircut yeah. for the, his interview. Right out of there. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, cool. But yeah, it was like that. It was that detail that I saw, and I was like, okay, so I know where in the timeline. Like I said before, The Office is really good with that because there was a there's an episode where um, Dwight is doing. I think it's Recyclops is the name of this character, <laughs> and they they go through. So it's like a recycling guy who um, is very into like environmental stuff and Dwight's created this character and every year he shows up and they do go to flashbacks of the times that he's come to the office and if you look at the receptionist uh at first it's Pam and then it's the lady who um replaced Pam for like two episodes while Pam was in um New York doing her stuff and then it's Ryan for an episode and then finally it's um uh Ellie Kemper. yeah Ellie Kemper again it's Aaron so like it's the details like that. Like they got this woman who just guested for like five minutes on one episode. They got her back to do it's that. that. It's that. It's that attention it. to detail that makes Greg Daniels like the greatest. Like they, they do mm. it. They do it all the time on Parks and Rec, where Parks is so good. where uh, Ben, his love of letters to Cleo. Like every now and then, <laughs> you'll see him wearing the T-shirt uh, when he created uh, 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 cones of a uh, cones of Dunshire. 
Cones of Dunshire, and then they'll they'll go back to that when he's unemployed and he's creating the short film, and he's wearing his stock, the, his his, uh, his claymation, his opus. <laughs> uh, so I compared this to Avatar. <laughs> so what I love in this, I think my favorite part of this is the opening where they're like. They do the news clippings, they do that cliche, oh, and there's yeah. the voiceover, which is clearly Stanley. Yeah, it's definitely Stanley. Stanley is one of the best characters on this. I love Stanley. Did you ever see uh, when Rain Wilson hosted SNL, they had uh, Kristen Wiig as Pam, Jason uh, Sudeikis as Jim, and then they had Keenan as Stanley. Oh, that's too and, fun. No, I had not, like, not seen that. Uh, uh, Keenan, have you seen have you seen Lauren? And he goes, no, I haven't, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect and stanley to be uh, i love how michael is subtly racist but he it's coming from a good spot like he he cast stanley because he's black but he has that morgan, the freeman. morgan freeman style like delivery so so that that's perfect but i love the news clippings of Catherine zeta scarn <laughs> and he clearly just took his photo with uh uh jan yep uh, cut out her face and put, put in Catherine Zeta Jones. It, it's also thing. It's it's details like that that you're talking about that I love in this one because at the beginning you're seeing Michael's um, mansion and it's this this big mansion and they kind of zoom out on it and in the bottom right you see the picture of uh, his realtor who <laughs> sold him his condo in season two or three I forget who is Michael Scott or not Michael Scott Michael. Um, God damn! Why can't I think of his name? The the the, the actor. John Michael Higgins? No, no. The, the actor who plays Michael Scott. Oh, it's Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Oh, man, that was a bad blank. Uh, it's Steve Carell's real-life wife. Oh, okay. Um, but it's just, like, that type of, like, awesome little, like I said, attention to detail. Like, the, the Easter egg-y stuff. The, this one's just packed with it. I, I love where you can see Michael cutting corners <laughs> in, in every situation. The office doubles for Michael Scarn's office, for the president's, for the Oval Office. Um, well, the conference room is the Oval Office. Yes. Okay. I was saying, like, the office in right, general. Right, right, the has. office in general. And then um, I love how they introduced Dwight. I love how it actually looks like a movie, but it looks like a crappy movie. Yeah, like, like the, the color correction they've done on the movie footage is just off enough. You're right. And I just love the entrance of Dwight. And he's like, Mr. Skarn, Mr. Skarn. And he's like, I'm a robot. And and they just cut to Michael. And he's like, he's not a robot. He's not a robot. <laughs> like, so it's just good. so perfect. Uh, but it's, this episode is just bizarre because um, two episodes from this, uh, I'm looking at the guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, is the garage sale, which mm -hmm. that might be my favorite episode when he proposes to Holly. But yeah, because it has beautiful. my favorite joke in it. My favorite joke is he says that he's going to give away free tickets to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Right. That is not Garage Sale. That's um. I thought that was Garage Sale. No, that's the the auction episode after. That's in like season oh, five. Okay. After all their stuff gets stolen. Okay. And they do an auction, a fun. They they, they auction off um stuff to get enough money to buy back their computers. Phyllis offers a hug. He says he has Bruce Springsteen tickets, okay. but he's lying about them. All right. The uh, well, I I thought it was like the the same episode. I guess I was wrong. Yes, it's uh, okay. It's all good. Uh, but what I love about that episode is it has my favorite joke of the entire series, mm -hmm. where uh, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Craig Robinson's character, uh, uh, Daryl. Daryl, yep. <laughs> Daryl goes, I ha- asked him for his five uh, favorite Bruce Springsteen songs, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, picked uh, two songs by Huey Lewis, uh, uh, a few songs by Van Morrison, and my favorite, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> there was a season five, episode five, Crime Aid. Crime Aid. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, it's just those jokes because cause Daryl does a very similar line in this one where uh, they show him as the president. He's like, yeah, I did this to show uh, my daughter that a black man can be president and it cost me uh, 14. I gave, I gave up a lot of weekends or something like that. And then he just 14. goes, it was stupid. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, so then they waste re- of time. And then they re- reveal uh, the bad guy and it's Jim. Yeah, Jim's golden face, which, which is obviously a play on uh, gold, gold member Finger. and Goldfinger from uh, Austin Powers and Goldeneye. Or not but, Goldeneye, but... Do you think James they Bond? did that because as much as Michael loves Jim, he's secretly jealous of Jim? You know, that would actually make a lot of sense because um, where he, like, puts him... Because he acts like him and Jim are, like, really good friends, but it, hmm, it wouldn't have been around the time that Jim would be vying for his job, but... No, it was probably when Jim left, or was going to leave to go to the other branch. Yeah, it would have been around season two. It yeah. would have had to have been during season two. Because so he's probably mad at him yeah. for, for thinking of transferring. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because Michael has that, that petty vengeance, and then he goes to hug it out, bitch. <laughs> I love when he does that. Yeah. But, um, so, gold... Gold face, golden face, golden face has. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it because this is such an eighties plot where you have the. It's like Samurai Cop. Yeah. You, oh yeah. You have um, the the big issue that's happening is Golden Face has uh, kidnapped or taken hostage of the uh, hockey rink where the MV the All Star Game is going to be. It's played. always the All Star Game. Yep, exactly. He's he's saved like seven All Star games before he saved the the baseball All Star Game, NBA. the basketball All Star Game, NFL. So now, yeah, and, yeah, NFL. And now we're at the uh, the NHL, and so the, but the, what he's done is he's just taken concession stand workers hostage like that's like the big threat and he's he's gonna blow up the game yeah <sighs> so I love it. so then uh they it's weird because they, they find i love how we're talking about it, like the same way we talked about baby's kids like it's a real movie uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so so then he uh uh goes and finds the actual hostages because it's so out of order he finds the hostages and uh mm-hmm. and he kill Toby is the the hostage who gets killed. <laughs> See ya. Far and away the most expensive shot of the movie, but it was integral to the story. Sorry about your friend, Scarn. The joke's on you, Golden Face. That man was a wanted animal rapist. He just had blown up like three times. And he's like, that was the most expensive shot in the whole movie, but it was worth every penny. I, I love that because that's a joke. Like, obviously, like, Michael hating Toby is one of the, like, funniest long-term running gags on this. And then so, like, he just he kills Toby in a brutal fashion. And then 
Michael comes in and he's like, it doesn't matter. That man was a wanted animal rapist. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, just, and, turning the screws and, on Toby even and, more. And that's such, that's such an improvised line because then Jim goes, what? <laughs> like, Jim breaks character and he's like, wait, what? <laughs> so good. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Uh, did you ever... Someone on the crew hinted at it that the Scranton Strangler was, was, to, was, was Toby. Toby. I don't think it was Toby. Like I, I've heard... People saying that it was. I don't think it was Toby because he was on. Toby was the one who was on the um, the jury for that. Like he was on the jury, and he, at the end of it, he was. He said, "I don't think we have the right guy." I think that if Toby was the Saran Strangler, I he think that's wanted... why. I think that's why Toby. Uh, I think that's why Toby said, "I don't think they have the right guy." Because oh, because he wants people to know that this right. Because they, deep down inside, all serial killers want to get want caught. To be recognized and stuff like that. I think it's Gabe. I think Gabe was the Scranton Strangler. What was that? But wasn't the Scranton Strangler like season like three? They um, introduced that because Gabe the, didn't come until season six. The first time that the Scranton Strangler, I think the first time the Scranton Strangler is introduced is in the episode where um, Jim and Pam's baby is born. Because um, did Saber take over at that point? I think they had because Andy um, has a, a. He's like, oh, I had a newspaper frame for baby Halpert and he holds it up and he's like, but she was supposed to be born yesterday. Here's today. And he holds up the new newspaper and it's Scranton Strangler strikes again. I think that's the first time the Strangler's mentioned. I might be wrong, but I think it is. And I think it's after Gabe shows up. Okay. And Gabe has like his obsession with horror movies. He's constantly like talking about how he's like going to do stuff to Andy when he's trying to like get with Aaron. But that's, that's such a red herring though. Yeah, you're probably right, but I mean, I, I don't know if the show like this would be probably that subtle. someone in the office. The one who I always thought was is oh, too obvious. Creed. Creed. Yeah, I can see that. Creed's amazing. Or, or it could have been. It could have been Ryan. Oh yeah, that would make sense too. Because Ryan's a little creepo. I, yeah. I can't stand. I mean, Ryan's in the series finale, he kidnaps a baby or he adopts a baby, and he just leaves it. He leaves it with the guy from uh, Heroes. Oh, that's right, Mohinder. Oh, yeah. Mo- yeah. I forgot that Mohinder was in that episode. Yeah. He was dating Kelly. He was, he was married to Kelly. They they got married because it takes place in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we really love this show. I do like this I show do a lot. It's show. a great show. Uh, so I just love uh, all of the, the robot jokes that they make about <laughs> Dwight. And, and, uh, what jokes do they make about me? <laughs> no, I, j- I just love when uh, they go... Uh, uh, the funky cat, uh, Jasmine Winsong is up. The funky cat, who is the funky cat? And he goes, Not what? Uh, not who? Not who? What? what? And then he throws the. He like the spills coffee. coffee on him or something. But I just love Dwight's reaction. He's like, Oh! Oh! He cut the part where my circuit board malfunctioned? Then what was the point of spilling the drink on me? No! No! And like then they, they cut away. They cut right it's like, I can't believe he cut my scene. But they kept the start of it in. Oh, it's so good. This episode is so hysterical. I love it. Uh, so, as they watch it, to get back to the real life, they're watching the movie and everyone's trying so hard not to laugh. Mm-hmm. They're trying so hard not to laugh. and And they keep cutting to... Two faces that I love the most is Oscar. Yeah. Oscar's face, and he's just like, what's going on? But then I realized, watching again, no, he's just waiting for his scene. Like, where is it going to come into contact? Yeah. And then Holly's face. 
Holly just looks so confused. Like, why am I supposed to like this? Am I supposed to hate this? What, what is going on here? My favorite Holly moment is, uh, uh, what season was the season with Idris Elba? Season four? Uh, yes. No, five. Because um, that's when Michael Scott Paper Company at yep. season five. Okay, so Idris Elba, uh, that they're doing the Who Wants to Be a, a Dunder Mifflinaire. Yeah, Dunder Mifflinaire. Slum Dunder Mifflinaire. Slum Dunder Mifflinaire. And I just love Holly pretending to put the electrodes. <laughs> like, yeah, and gets in company picnic. So, so that's, that's what's weird about Holly in this episode because she's so subtle. Because she's not herself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like she's herself. This, well, Holly, when she's at work, she tends to be pretty professional. Like, because there was like the um the stuff with except when she does it with Michael in the the hallway. Yeah, but see, that was after work. Uh, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, um, she like she is professional and she's competent. And so, like, when it comes time to do her job and stuff like that, so like, I think that's why she was being like that. Also, she's back in a relationship with Michael, so she's trying to like not rein him in, but. Keep them grounded. Exactly, exactly. But uh, the the cutaway scenes of people's faces watching this movie. Oh, it's it's, it's so awesome. good. And um, I thought Pam was in this episode more, or in the movie more. And yeah, she, apparently she's just one of the hostages. Right. Like, that's it. Yeah, and and that they kind of. It's clear that that Michael was trying to be a good guy and, and made her golden faces love interest and he just gave up halfway through yeah you can hear it because there's like a sequence where you can hear her and jim talking to each other in the background of the movie i love the line just making conversations <laughs> like <laughs> like the the dialogue is so terrible and i love how jim points out how bad the dialogue is and how offensive it is yeah what was it like i did this to impress a, a, a um receptionist, a receptionist. Who, who will go unnamed <laughs> did not love the dialogue <clears throat> Jim's deliveries in this episode are so good. Yeah. And he's the one who actually causes problems by accident because he laughs. Oh, yeah. Because he laughs during uh, the sequence that we've already kind of discussed. My favorite. This is my favorite scene because my favorite actor in this fake movie is Andy. Oh, yeah. Because he's he's doing doing Michael Keaton. Yep. And like he's doing it with the eyebrows and he's doing like that whole Michael Keaton from the 80s like... Mr. Mom, the whole, you think you got problems? I got problems. I'm like, my TV doesn't work. And he's like, dude. I pay 30 bucks a month for the Satomalite, and it doesn't work. And, like, he's clearly doing that. And then it, it's when, this is where Karen's cameo is. Yep. And what's the line? Uh, uh, hey. Ever banged an entire bachelorette party, baby? Why are you singling my line out? Like a million years later. Hey, baby, you ever banged a whole bachelorette party? <laughs> and then they just cut her. She's like, why are you singling me? Why are you singling my line out? And she's wearing her Ann Perkins costume. Which is awesome. And I love that. Because <sighs> she, she's carrying, I'm pretty sure she's carrying uh, food from JJ's Diner. Oh, seriously? That would be such a good little reference. They, I didn't notice that. I'm pretty sure. That they would make sense, though. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I just love... Uh, goes well i know it will make you feel better and he tosses uh, a coin he's like hey kid and this, yeah, this kid just comes out of nowhere he's dressed like dennis the menace oh seriously from, from the that. dennis the menace movie same same outfit and everything wow yeah that's awesome and it's just so funny and then um the musical number is do the scar do the scar uh does he say like party over here or is that for the threat level midnight song um, I think that's for that little minute. Okay. Song. I don't remember. But the scar in the chorus is, uh. 
You jump to the right and you shake a hand And you jump to the left and you shake that hand You meet new friends, you tie some yarn And that's how you do the scar You jump to the right and you shake that hand You jump to the left and you shake that hand Meet new friends, tie the yarn That's how you do the scar uh, Yeah, like you spin around while you're trying to tie knots And then you like throw your hands <laughs> up in the air type of deal um, And the people who are dancing It's all the other girls from the office Meredith, uh, Angela Angela um, looks so unhappy to Oh, constantly uh, Phyllis and then Anne And then they have the workers from the um, warehouse in the background Which is also another nice detail Because this was before the warehouse workers had won the lottery right. so they would have been in there which is just awesome and i love uh david keckner shows up as oh what's his character name todd packard todd packard it's literally the name of the next episode oh, okay <laughs> yeah todd packard shows up and this is clearly when he's going through his uh he's off the wagon oh hard <laughs> and, and he he kind of sounds like uh uh the bill brasky joke that they used to do on snl i don't remember that uh, uh him feral it was a it was a sketch that uh, Kirshner did or Adam um, McKay wrote. Oh, okay, uh, for Will Ferrell and uh, Bill Brasky has the biggest balls that anyone will see. He's twenty feet tall, and his mother was an ox, and his dad was Paul Bunyan. Like, and that's what it sounded like he was doing. Because I just love the line: "If doing the scarn, what is it? If doing the scarn makes you." If the star makes you gay, then I'm the biggest queer there is, yeah. or something like that. Oh, uh, David Koechner could—he's oh, awesome. He could sell me like the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, <laughs> like every time he shows up in something, it just makes me so happy. Like um, when he was in Krampus, I loved that, and also I've been watching the—I watch the Goldbergs from time to time, and he has a, a, a minor role on that. And every time he shows up, I'm like, does he own a furniture good store? For this. No. Um, he, I forget what he does. the The main dad on that owns the furniture store. Okay. Okay. I forget what he does. I think he works for like a weather company or something. Oh, okay. Like that. Uh, but so then, um, it is revealed that uh, the president is in on this. Oh yeah. wait, wait, wait! They have to do the qualifying round to play in the the game. Yeah, because um, one civilian is always allowed to play in the all-star game. So in order for him, in order for Michael Scarden to learn hockey, he goes to his coach chief running water or cherokee chief? jack cherokee jack that's it and I don't it's remember creed chief yeah creed is by far one of the best characters on this show oh yeah did you, you see uh every year they would do uh the primetime emmys would do different like they would combine all the shows together to show like there's no hard feelings cbs yep. and fox and nbc so uh there was one cold opening with The Office, right? Like, there were two. A Ashton Kutcher was like Michael Scott. That was and... the second one. Oh, okay. That was the second one. Uh, and what's his name? Jesse Pinkman shows up and he goes, Creed, what am I doing here? And he goes, hey, everyone, my crystal meth is here. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. And Creed, Creed, like all the terrible things Creed does, I can excuse. Yeah. he's um, He's one of those people like you can't really fault him for what he does i mean he's a horrible person but it's so but it's so funny, funny. <laughs> one of my favorite creed lines is um no oh, i forget what he's no one no one double crosses creed bratton the last person to do that disappeared his name 
Creed Bratton. <laughs> it's just like, what is this guy's backstory? <laughs> like the whole premise that Creed is not really Creed. He killed the real Creed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also love um, www.creedthoughts.gov backslash creedthoughts.com or something like that. And, and Oscar just set up... Uh, it was uh, Ryan just set up uh, a Word document for him. He was like, I've read it a couple of times. There's some interesting stuff in there. I also like... Uh, Right after the Dark Knight, they they made a comment on the Joker stuff, and, and Creed does the Joker, and well, Creed, Kevin, and Dwight all dress up like the Joker. But Creed does it the best because I he actually wore the wig, and then they cut to to Kevin, and he just looks ridiculous. <laughs> He's like, "Damn it, Creed! I've been up since three in the morning." <laughs> Uh, I wish there was more Kevin in this episode. Yeah, there's not. All he does is just sit on the ground. Like, he was one of the concession stand people. Kevin has one of my, my favorite Kevin moment in the office is um, his cold opening with Kevin's famous chili. Yeah. It's so heartbreaking, the, but it's hysterical. They they made it on, uh, on Bingen with Babish, yep. and he actually pours it on a freshly new <laughs> carpet and eats it off of the... That's how you gotta eat it. I that's mean, how you gotta obviously. eat it. Uh, so... Then uh, uh, Golden Face shoots at Michael. They have a shoot off, another one in the shoot off shoot we're talking about. And while Oscar, skating. While skating, and Oscar wins. Yeah, because he distracted uh, right. Michael Scarn. So then they cut to the locker room, and Michael kills Oscar. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But what I love is Oscar's blinking. While he, after he's quote unquote yeah. dead. Oscar's just like, uh, 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 it's so funny. And then, uh, Michael, uh, is this when Michael gets shot? Well, okay, so after that, he... The timeline makes little to no sense. Because, alright, so after Michael does that, then him and his butler go to the the, um, the hotel... Not the hotel, the, uh, the nightclub, where they get the backwards message from Jan... And then they go to the hostages oh, around the Toby stadium. Dies. And then they go, and then he gets shot there, like, a lot. He gets shot in the head, chest, back, and balls? Neck and balls. Neck and balls. And um, so he, he then wakes up in the hospital. And it's Pam's mom. It's I Pam's love Pam's mom, love... Bl- like, blasting cleavage <laughs> in his face, which is super funny. Uh, yeah, I just love Pam, Pam and Jim's reaction because Pam's like, oh, my God. And Jim's like, that's my mother. Mother-in-law, which is so funny. So, and then from there, then they do the tryouts or something like that. It's like I said, the timeline makes no sense at all because it's a Michael Scott joint. So, oh, Michael. So then, after that, then he goes. No, then that, then that, that that's when he does the scarring because he's been defeated by right. um, by Golden Face. And, and then he gets his confidence back, and he goes to and the... And Jim laughs and stops. That, that's where the movie stops. And... Yeah, while they're doing the scarring, because he and, laughs at the scarring. And then scarn. he goes to put it back on, and that's when Holly reveals that she doesn't like it. Yeah, which is like... the So this entire, mo- entire episode has been them watching the movie, and this is the only time it takes a step back and we go to other places in the office. Um, and this is where like it becomes... This is the only part of the episode that kind of loses it for me because they like I felt like they had to like bring in reality exactly and like just like twist like the not twist the Holly and uh, Michael relationship but just like I throw th- a medium wrench in it which was a little obnoxious. Well, I think they were trying to build up to Holly getting proposed to in two episodes. Yeah, that makes sense. So, because 
because he he calls her a pain in the ass and and then he says i don't mean that i love you yeah well because he's like this has been my dream for 11 years and she's like well you haven't ever told me about it how am i supposed to know that you like it <laughs> and she and he's like if i don't have this movie then i've got nothing and she's like you have nothing what about me and so like i think that's kind of the start of him like putting her above everything right not that he hadn't done that before, but, like, this was his last hurdle thing to push through. And then, um, so he goes into his office, and he talks about critics. He's like, I'm a big fan of Woody Allen. Well, not really Woody Allen. Well, I've only seen Ants. <laughs> and he's like, I mean, and then there was all that bad publicity about Woody Allen. You know, about this being like Ants. About, that's ants, not... about ants being like Bugs Life. Yeah, that that's that's not the bad publicity <laughs> yeah, about Woody Allen. So I, I would love to see like him looking up Woody Allen controversy and then him just being like no (laughs) not woody allen he's like my favorite (laughs) and it's just so funny everything they do is priceless yeah uh how he he spends what four minutes talking about woody allen it was a long time it was it was a full talking head and 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 the funny part that i pointed out to you is woody allen didn't direct ants or write it. it yeah it was just him being woody allen so, and it was actually proven that uh, Jeffrey Katzenberger stole Bugs Life. Oh, I'm not sure, surprised at all. Yeah, because he he literally two years before that left uh, Disney. Dream, oh yeah, Disney to start DreamWorks, and he stole that idea. So no. th- that that's kind of funny. And then he goes back in. I love Michael Scott because he's the epitome of the doofus. Oh, yeah. And every time he realizes, oh, I was wrong. This is awful. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this episode so good because he rewatches and he's like, no, this is terrible. Which actually I think is a pretty rare thing for Michael because he's usually pretty like self-centered and conceited when it comes to things like that. Like, so the fact that he was able to like put this aside for Holly and be like, no, you're right. This is, this is ridiculous. It was such a heartwarming moment. Yeah. It was really sweet. And uh, I, I love when the movie ends. It goes breakfast for me, and it's like uh, orange juice and like cereal, and then, like that, yeah. and then breakfast for you. And he brings out the oil can, and I love his reaction. Oh yeah, I did let him be a robot. Yeah, because he was like oiling Dwight's circuit board, which <laughs> yeah. just showed up on his back all of a sudden. That's not how you back. would do that. But... Yeah. Well, yeah. How do you know he's a highly advanced uh, android robot? I would love to see like a sequel to this where. Yeah, uh, the butler becomes the bad guy because he gets like zapped again with the coffee and oh. has a robot uprising. And he's like death party. to humans and like he's just strangling Michael. That'd be hysterical. <laughs> uh, so now we've now we've got into the end mm-hmm. uh, where Michael put himself aside. They come to the end of the movie. Everyone claps and then they point out the biggest loophole that I was about to say is he gets a phone call from the president who was the bad guy. Yeah, who would like who was we you find out was working with Golden Face the whole time. <laughs> so, oh, the way they defeat Golden Face, I thought was kind of ridiculous. Oh yeah. He does a wicked sick slap shot on a on the hockey puck cuz he's now in the game. He's in the game and he's like, "Well, I need Cherokee Jack here." <laughs> White goes, "Cherokee Ke- Jack die." <laughs> and he goes, no! And then he turns <laughs> in single tear rolling down the cheek. It's perfect. Which is so funny. And uh, then, so, But then he does a, a wicked sick slap shot. Oh, he sees Cherokee Jack. He sees a vision of Cherokee Jack. Does a slap shot. Shoots up the, the puck that has the bomb in it. 
all the way out of the um, the stadium. It hits a satellite, which then fixes Andy's broken TV. And <laughs> that line is amazing. <laughs> Yo, guys, we got sports Let's again. <laughs> and then the puck with the bomb puck falls on Golden Fe- Golden Face's lap and blows up. Yeah, and he goes, "Oh shit." Uh, so yeah and that was threat level midnight <laughs> this episode's really good oh and then it ends with my favorite thing how do i know so much about michael scarn and it turns oh, yeah. around it it's him with white hair um but but uh stanley's voice yeah it's stanley's voice i'm trying to look up uh what year season seven was um that's a good question uh i i do think this was a year after Get smart, and I do think they were referencing that specifically. Yeah, I, I wouldn't guess, be surprised because I think season two happened when discussions began mm-hmm. that Steve Carell was going to be taking over for Tom Hanks, who was supposed to be in Get Smart, and then mm-hmm. it was going to be Jim Carrey, and then it was Tom Hanks again, and then uh, whatchamacallit came out, uh, Evan Almighty. Yeah. I mean Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. And Bruce then- Al- that raised Steve Carell's star. And then he did uh, uh, Anchorman, which mm-hmm. I know you hate. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. <sighs> the reason I don't like Anchorman is because the very first time I saw it, I'm not a big fan of those type of absurdist comedies anyways. Um, the first time I saw it, I saw it with a group of people who had seen the movie like seven times already. And right. so they were saying the quotes, like they were quoting the so movie you couldn't enjoy like the movie. 15 seconds before they would happen. Like, oh guys, this part's coming up, blah, 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 blah. I'm in a glass cage of emotion. And then I'm like, okay, what? And then like 10 seconds right. later. And so it could... was just so obnoxious and I couldn't handle it. That's directed to you, my wife. <laughs> so then, um, so he started to get noticed and that's when talks began of, of him as Maxwell Smart because uh, Brick is dim-witted like Maxwell yeah. Smart, and then 40-Year-Old Virgin came out, and then he got cast. And that was around the time that uh, Greg Daniels, because I think he told Greg Daniels that they want me to do Maxwell Smart, and I don't know if I can do it, and I think Greg Daniels might have did this to boost his confidence, start writing that in season two mm-hmm. to make him feel like he could do it. Because yeah. this feels very much like if the room and Get Smart... Had a baby. Had a baby. Yeah. Because I, I do love the movie Get Smart. I actually haven't seen it. Oh, it's so funny. Alan is, that, Ar- is it Anne Hathaway in that one? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Alan Arkin plays the chief, and he has one of the best lines. This was right after Little Miss Sunshine. So it was like... Oh, okay. It was 2008 that came out. Yeah, that sounds So that's right. around the time of this. So uh, the, 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 the best line Alan Arkin has is... Uh, they're driving and they go through like a, a fishing shack and a giant swordfish goes through the windshield <laughs> and uh, Maxwell Smart goes, Chief, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And he goes, sorry guys, I'm about to swear, but it's the line in the movie. It, it's the funniest line. He goes, "Are you? were you thinking, holy shit, holy shit, a swordfish almost went through my head? If so, then yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm so, surprised uh, Alan Arkin, who's really good friends with Steve Carell, because they did Little Miss Sunshine, mm-hmm. and they did, uh, they did Get Smart. I'm surprised he was never on The Office. Oh yeah, that is weird. Um, Get Smart was 2008. Uh, yep. Season seven was 2010 to 2011. So this would have been in 2011 because it's towards the end. Okay. So, like, this is clearly riffing on his character from that. Right. And, and you're right, season two would have been around, I think, 2005, so around the time that he was getting into talks about 
doing Get Smart. So, your timeline adds up. <laughs> and I just pulled that out of my butt. So. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, it was disgusting. It stinks in here now. <laughs> uh, oh, this season was... I think this was the best season. Seven? Yeah. Really? I wholeheartedly disagree. I mean, um, I season three was really good. Season three is amazing. Season, season two is phenomenal. Um, that's the whole Jim and Pam arc in and general. Isn't and Amy Adams in that season? Yes, she is. Okay. She plays uh, the Jim's girlfriend for a little while. Season two, season three is, are great. Season four is rough because that was the writer strike season. Right. So it was like only a half of a season. Season five is the wedding, right? Um, season, uh, the wedding does happen in season five. That that wedding made me cry. Like, Yeah, the wedding episode's amazing. But like, so towards the end of season four, uh, season four is Holly. Season four is rough. Season five, most, in my opinion, is where the show got bad. I stopped liking it through season five and six. It had some good episodes. Um, season five specifically has the Michael Scott Paper Company arc, right. which is so good. Steve Carell was robbed of the Oscar that year. He should Emmy. have won it for Emmy. Sorry, yes. Did he ever like, win an Emmy? No, he de- he never won an Emmy for this role, which is like... He won the Golden Globe, though. Uh, yes, I believe so. Uh, I, um, I just love... This season is just so crazy. And I, I what I love about this season is how sweet it is because uh, it's the last season of Michael Scott. Yes. And I just love how they they play him off. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's my favorite. Book. I agree. His his leaving is really good. I really like that. Um, and, and I the love stuff the with, search. The stuff with Holly is awesome. The search is pretty funny. Because I, I love Jim Carrey as the Finger Lakes guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh sorry. I was, in, I, <laughs> I was in the Finger Lakes. My family was in the Finger Lakes. I let them know that I had to go back to the Finger Lakes, but I made some time for this. So, like, but... It wasn't as good as the earlier stuff. Once Jim and Pam got together, they their relationship got vastly uninteresting to me. There was no... It was always a perfect relationship, which is nice and sweet, but it didn't make for interesting viewing as far as I was concerned. And they tried to replace it with the Andy and Aaron relationship, and I hated that. It just felt weird because Ed Helms is way older than Ellie Kemper. Yeah. Not just that, like, I always thought that Andy may have been, like, secretly gay. And he was, like, I could see that. He was always trying to compensate. I could see that. Oh, yeah, with Angela and stuff like that, which would be, would have been funny thematically because, because Angela ended up with the senator who was gay. Yeah. Um, But, like, the thing with... Because I liked their relationship when it started, Andy and Aaron's, but then as soon as he, like, met her brother and Aaron, they, they ratcheted Aaron up to, like, 11 with the weird factor. And, right. And but that that was leading up to Kimmy Schmidt. Like. True. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. But like, it was just annoying because there was all the characters became insane. No one was normal anymore. Even right. like Phyllis was doing weird things, like with the the and having Phyllis sex was, with Bob Vance. Like at, at the Phyllis ho- was at the, so weird to begin with. Like yeah. Meredith is supposed to be that role exactly because they do that in season two with mm-hmm. uh with Rob Brickle as the cruise captain. Yep. And uh, it, it, season eight, I stopped watching after Michael left. Uh, yeah, I mean, same, same I, I watched here. a little bit of season eight, but season nine, I just wanted to see how it ended. Yep. But season nine made me upset when they introduced uh, Jake, uh, Jake Lacey. Uh, the, the, oh, act- the, the other guy who's like an amazing salesman. The one who was the one who The one who dated Pam once or twice and then never called her back. Or maybe uh, the one who ends up... Uh, trying to woo uh, Aaron. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the one we're talking about. Yeah, the baby face kid. Yep. Yeah. Oh, 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 the the kid. Oh, the, the, you're talking about like the not the intern, but the new hire that they had, not the one who was like a, an external salesman who they like they stole from another company. I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. I haven't watched yeah. season. I've only watched season nine because I know once. Clark Duke was one of them. Yes. Okay. Okay. So if it was that group of three people, yeah, that's not the person I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. Clark Duke was awesome in this though. Yeah. I liked him. And then uh, Jake Lacey was the other guy. The other dude. In that. Okay, okay. Was he the intern? Uh, no, but he was one of the three new hires with Clark Duke. I don't remember the name of the girl and Jake Lacey. Um, but then there was another person that they hired uh, who was like a T- Todd Packer style like traveling salesman who had like dated Pam at one point. And like it was like I was saying earlier, um, the Jim and Pam relationship never had any sort of like wrenches thrown into it. And they tried to do that at the zero hour. With... And that's she already had kids and stuff. Exactly. That, that's so just it, that was not the time to do that. It was so annoying. Season nine. They they should have ended this as soon as Steve Carell said he wasn't. Yeah, it should not have continued beyond because like I, like I said, I like James Spader, but I did not like the Robert California season, season eight. I thought it was obnoxious. I it just wasn't that interesting to me. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> so uh, how many bagels? For this one, there's a lot. Um, I I wasn't a big fan. I wish that this episode had been just the movie. I was less of a fan of when they like broke out and like tried to do like Michael. I, I agree with Holly. Why hadn't Michael talked to her about this? Right. Like, that didn't make sense to me because uh, Michael strikes me as the type of person who, if he was working on this, he would have been so excited to share this with Holly. Um, that would have happened. See, it would have been better if they played the whole movie and then the last five minutes um, was the the rest of the episode that we saw like they wedged that in there yeah uh, i agree Cause, so because like you've seen the two other the three other people that michael had dated had some form of a cameo in yeah, it that was and holly was, didn't and but holly didn't say anything about that because yeah. like uh jan who was like the crux of his like world for the longest mm-hmm. time for at least the first three seasons yes through season four season four is where they break up yeah um, she's on the, the piano. She's scantily clad, mm-hmm. and then uh, Pam's mom. I don't even remember Pam's mom's name. I, I just call either. her Pam's yeah, mom. Pam's mom. Pam's mom is almost naked. Like, yeah. like she's in a slutty nurse's outfit. Slutty nurse's outfit, and then she's wearing like a bustier. Mm-hmm. And what? Well, why? Why doesn't she say anything? I, like, like, why isn't Holly like? Uh, why are you showing yeah, me? Yeah, this? that's more of like a what as opposed to. You haven't shared me with me. You haven't shared your dream with me, especially since you're at the point. You're right that he hadn't proposed to her yet, so that would have made a little bit more sense to me. Her being like, "Are you still obsessed with these women? Why am I just another one of your your women or something like that?" I, I guess that wouldn't have necessarily fit their relationship. It, it wouldn't but. have because she understands that Michael's just Michael. Yeah, exactly. But but I I thought it would have been funnier if she's like, "Why wasn't I in the movie?" Exactly. Well, that's the thing because like he dated Pam's mom for like a month if that and he like was so into holly and if he dated pam's mom for much less time than he was obsessed with holly how did she get in it but holly doesn't know about it and stuff like right. that. right and was pam's mom was after holly right yes okay so yeah and holly should have known about it and that's 100 percent and that's why I... That's some of the bagels I'm taking out. Yeah. Um, also, I wish that they had drawn 
more attention to some of the cameos. Like, Roy is in this episode, but he doesn't say That's anything. Right. He's just sitting there next to Pam. And, like, Roy hadn't been in it since, like, season four right. or season three. So I wish that, that they had drawn more attention to some of the other cameos and the people in the cameos had had more to do. You pointed out uh, uh, Ryan's Coke buddy. Yeah, um, that's something. The only reason I noticed that is because we've... Uh, I just rewatched the first six seasons, actually, like a month ago. And um, when during season... Is it four where Ryan... Yeah, season four where Ryan is uh, takes over Jan's job in um, New York. Uh, the episode where... Dwight and uh, Michael go to visit him, and you meet Ryan's uh, friend, who's uh, the really short guy who does coke with him. Um, he actually shows up uh, a couple other times in the, um, it's just, like in the background, like because after Ryan loses his job, I think it's implied that this guy also like has a downfall, and um, he he shows up in, in the office randomly a what, couple of times. What I'm trying to point. Like pinpoint is his character's name was what you you said it was like tortoise or uh, no um I want to say not Todd it was something with a T I don't remember well what was Dwight asks if he's a hobbit <laughs> okay so because uh, I'm trying to see if this is around the time of Breaking Bad which I'm guessing it was before Breaking Bad because he he looks like uh Matt Jones who was Badger. Yeah, no, nowhere near as tall, but yeah, I can see that. Like, because I was, I was just trying to wonder if they were trying to do like, like a badger type of thing. Yeah, like a badger type yeah, of maybe. thing. Um, and so, how many bagels are you taking out? Oh, um, I'm gonna take out three because this is a very solid episode. It's very funny, but it's in one of the later seasons. I wish that this episode had come earlier because I wish, like, The Office just went on for too long. Mm -hmm. Period. Um. And the other issues that I said there, they, they didn't necessarily use the cameos to their best of their ability, and the stuff outside of the movie was a little bit off. So there's ten. So there's left. ten total. I'm taking out four. Okay. Why? So, um, because the Holly thing, that mm -hmm. that's a big thing for me. I wanted more cameos. Like I wanted more time with like, <laughs> with Karen and and all those people. Uh. The whole Michael Scott, uh, he, he changes too quickly, in my opinion. He realizes he's wrong too fast. I would have preferred him to realize he was wrong slower, starting at the beginning and going. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. And then, finally, this was just a weird uh, Jim episode. Because I, I love Jim, but in this episode, he wasn't Jim. Yeah, he was a little off. Like, it was... They, he does one Jimism in the whole movie where he makes Dwight repeat his line. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I, I wish that he had done more, like... Because Jim like, is very anti... Anti, like, doing this type of stuff. And, yeah. like, if he had, like, injected his personality into it a little bit more, as opposed to going along with Mike. It felt more like John Krasinski and less like Jim Halper. Jim Halper, yeah. I follow that. Okay. Which, I wanted to point out something to you. You've never mm -hmm. seen Aaron Sorkin's The Newsroom. Uh, I've seen that opening clip that everyone loves, but other than that, no, I haven't. So there's two characters on that show that look and dress exactly like Jim and Pam. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Are they supposed to be like, you think they're supposed to be direct knowledge? An I think analogy? they are, like, but more in a serious light, mm -hmm. and this is why. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. from 10 Cloverfield Lane. He's awesome. He plays, his character's name is Jim on, okay. on the newsroom. Jim Harper. Oh, come on. Jim Harper is his name. And uh, Allison Pill 
from Scott mm-hmm. Pilgrim. Yep. Her character. And she's also on uh, Snowpiercer. Yep. Her character's name is Maggie. Maggie Jordan. Okay. And she dresses exactly like, like Pam. Pam, like to a T. And uh, that I mean that's another reason to. I mean, if we did newsroom, I I would take off points for that just starting out <laughs> flat out. But Jim in this episode is not Jim, and that's the final bagel I'm taking out because. Uh, but would you recommend people watch this one? Yes, definitely. Especially if you're a fan of early um, Office, it feels like that because there's lots of callbacks and like just the fact this is a couple episodes before Michael leaves, and so the just celebration of the Office history in this is awesome. I really like that, um, and it's it's legitimately funny. Uh, so yeah, I re- definitely recommend that people watch this, and it's a callback to the season two episode, which is nice. How would you suggest they watch like? an episode of The Office if they're going to start out. Like, what episodes? I wouldn't have them go in order. You wouldn't? No. Um, see, okay, th- that's actually where I feel pretty strongly about if you're going to watch a TV show. I say start at the beginning. Mm. I understand, like, I know a lot of people, this is kind of going way off topic, but people, t- when they talk about Doctor Who, they're always like, just start with... Um, David Tennant. Start, uh, start with Blink. Blink is the episode that you need to start with, and which is, like, Tennant's second season. Mm-hmm. I'm very much, just start at the beginning... And you'll get into it. Well, that's, I, that's how I feel. So I start always with su- season one. I always suggest that people start with this episode. Really? Um, but there's so much stuff that people would miss. And then, so you're saying, like, by the time they come back to it, right. they'll so, be like, oh, So they I can understand this. it more. Just to know how crazy the show gets. Okay. Like, this is the craziest it's going to get. But it's good. Because the first season of The Office is how I feel about the first season of Community. Oh, uh, yeah. They, it it's takes so a while slow. And Parks and Rec. Yep. Season one, well, the nice thing about season one of Office and Parks and Rec is they're only, I think six season episodes. one of The Office is six episodes. I they're think. both only six episodes. I thought this Parks was 13. I might be wrong, but. Uh, I, I'm not sure. It's, it's it's not a full season. We but, know, like, I know that for sure. Well, now 13 episodes is a full season. <laughs> True, yes. Uh, well, but, it's always been a full season for um, British TV shows. See, what I love about Parks and Rec and. The office, You're right? It's six episodes. Yep, they they introduce like the best characters later in the series. Like with the office, it's it's Daryl. I love Daryl. Yeah, Daryl's great. They introduce him like season three or season the end of season two. It's roughly. I think it's in season two. Okay, then they do the same thing with Ben Wyatt. Yeah, because Ben, I hated Mark Brandanowitz. Uh, Mark Brandanowitz. Mark Brandanowitz. He was so boring. And yeah, he, he was trying to be the Jim Halpert, and it just did not work. I'm and, happy and, they got rid and of Ben him. Wyatt is just so good. Yep, Ben, ben and Chris are both oh. like were perfect additions. Well, what I love about Chris is he's just his character from The West Wing. <laughs> he really is. Uh, so uh, that brings us to the end of the episode. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, I'm full from this one. That yeah, was a good, the, good, this good, one was a good filling one. Uh, so what are we doing next week? Uh, next week. Or two weeks from now. Um, well, okay. Uh, what, oh, we were talking about something. I had a good segue for this earlier and now I've lost it. <laughs> Damn it. I guess I'm just going to have to go back and tell an incredibly long story that takes, what episode is this that we're we on? We're on episode. Uh, what? for, for our, the, the, our, this one, this is episode six, six or seven, this is six or seven. Well, I, I, Kids, I've been telling you this story for at least six or seven episodes now, and the next one we're finally going to get to How I Met Your Mother. She dies. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, we you, get, 
You guys had three. Yeah. Three seasons. We're doing How I Met Your Mother next. Woo! Yep. All right. And tweet at us and like us on Facebook. Hey, we didn't talk about that last time, did we? Uh, no, we didn't. But I always put it into the, into the actual thing when you click yeah. on it. So you can uh, like us on Facebook, email us. I always forget, like us on Facebook. And yeah. it was the first thing I created. <laughs> so like us on Facebook, tweet at us, uh, at Writer Bagel Basket. There are no vowels for Writer or basket because i be school like that well because twitter only lets you have a certain number of characters in the handle jerks so until next time uh i'm scott carlin i'm dwight stearns smell you later bye